contemplate dukkha and the cessation of dukkha. Let's put in the teaching that it was so succinct, simplest statement. Buddha was very good at that thing. I teach only two things. Dukkha and the end of Dukkha. It's very important to to get thought into into a simple form because, as you know, we can proliferate so endlessly with thoughts and things go on and on and on into into the most uh, <coughs> convoluted patterns, of connections, and suggestions, associations, <coughs> like a just a, you know, someone without much sati, <coughs> more intelligence, the mind just goes, goes from one, just whatever is suggested, or the mind will, uh, will just stop to be caught in thought patterns, stimulated by suggestions of perceptions. And then the reflective mind is, is able to to uh, stand back from just the habitual thinking patterns and then we can we can elaborate or we can simplify because you have the village once there's wisdom then you can use thought, perception, language <coughs> all these marvelous gifts very skillfully you can not use them or use them according to time and place you know obliged to think and think everything out, figure everything out with thoughts. Now the important experience is dukkha. So that you if some of you have not really looked at dukkha yet, you've not you you just won't look at it and and accept it for what it is. Because <coughs> it's easy for you to to think you understand it, because you, you understand the perception. You are in suffering, yes, of course. But to really uh, totally accept the feeling of it, the whole the whole mass of it, the total garamarana soka parite watuka tomanasa upayasa, the total dukkha, the feeling, everything. Uh, it takes patience, doesn't it? it takes, you can't just, I mean, idealistically, you can say, yes, I, I'll do that. But to do that really means to bear with despair and depression and disillusionment and doubt and anger and fear and anxiety and worry and greed and lust and all the all confusion, uncertainty, insecurity, restlessness. To do that, sometimes you have to really determine in your mind to bear it. for the rest of my life if, if all I experience is, is misery then I will just bear that misery one miserable moment after another rather than follow the hopes and desires to have happiness again it's a total kind of surrender and acceptance of misery and that's the, that's the key to the holy life. Like Jesus on the cross, isn't it? That's what, that's what really what crucifixion meant. Total surrender to misery, to humiliation, to pain, to total disillusionment. What is more kind of anguish, cry than you say it better by Eloi, Eloi, Rama. So much fun. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Bomb ready, isn't it? problem with uh, with the middle class <coughs> uh, affluent welfare societies is that that you, you can live just a mediocre you can float along in the mediocrity easily Not, these societies provide a kind of support basis of mediocrity <coughs> so that for a lifetime so that sometimes it rather than, than really investigate and accept suffering, one is just will make uh, all kinds of compromises with incredible mediocrity. Just drifting along in the easiest way. Anything that brings up when you listen to despair or disillusionment, what does it sound like? <coughs> what does it sound like to be depressed or despairing or doubting or unsafe? What does it what does it feel like? What does it sound like? Because I'm not asking you to just grasp an ideal of being patient and accepting suffering, but it's it's an investigation of it, a real listening, attentiveness to misery, <coughs> because actually there's no such thing as suffering. <coughs> it's, it's an illusion we create onto the way things are. That's what particular Sangha part is all about, pointing out the illusory nature out of ignorance that we produce onto life's experiences. <coughs> It's only based on a vicha, on ignorance, on delusion. Not on it's not not the way things really are. So old age is not suffering really, is it? It's not it's just what it is, an unaging body, death. <coughs> sensory the the sensory realm and its changing with its changing nature is just the, the law the Dhamma, the way things are. Nothing wrong or or bad about it. Uh, it should be any other way. But it's the ignorance, the abhicha, and then the and then then that whole process. <coughs> the abhicha that takes you to Sokaparite or Tukatomanasa Upayasa. It's getting subtleties of the mind because you can understand the, the theory and the, you think you might understand it. It's really a, a, a continued kind of vigilant investigation, noticing them of subtleties, of just hesitation, of just, of just suppressing an irritation. I mean, there's some of the dukkha of our lives in this life is is quite subtle because it's it's just maybe suppressing just a a, a being a, just a, a a feeling of being irritated. Or just suppressing uh, jealousies or fears. 
is you coming from you wanting to be very good monk or not. So you you just try to suppress the, your feeling <coughs> that might not live up to the ideal you have of what a good monk or nun should be. So that, that that you have to pay the price for that too. The price is Soka Paritewa Tukatomanasa Upanyasa. That's what you get for being heedless. Mm. It's a real uh, the the path is is very straight, very direct, and uh, it, it, the Buddha made you know it, it stated it in a very clear, simple way. So it's it's not uh, very skillfully stated. Then the practice of developing the path, cultivating the Eightfold Path, is a lifetime, human lifetime, and yet it's the moment, now, and yet it's the lifetime too, because lifetime is just a, just now, isn't it? Lifetime is now, it's not uh, tomorrow. It's now. Tomorrow is the unknown, the past is the memory, now is the knowing. That's why the end of suffering is now, rather than I've got to really accept my suffering for the rest of my life before I can be free from it. Some kind of self-view. I've, I've just, tomato says I've just got to accept and, and be patient with this miserable feeling I have forever and uh, thinking that it's going to go on and on and on but if, if there is sati and sampachanya, panya then there's no suffering now and that's, that's, that's you, can, you can know that's a way of knowing as long as there's a self-view involved, then you think, well, I've got to do something now in order to, in the future, to be free from this misery. washing the dishes. 
Is washing the dishes, is that suffering? Or is it, you know, is that really dukkha? Or is, I don't want to do the dishes suffering? And ask yourself, is actually doing the dishes suffering? Is it dukkha? Or is it the fact that I don't want to do the dishes? <coughs> Or somebody else can do the dishes. I did them yesterday. That's suffering, isn't it? Anything with I in it. Is, is a, an, an attachment and delusion in that is going to make anything suffering. But doing the di- washing the dishes is just what it is. Sometimes it's nice when you wash dishes. Sometimes it's when you're not when you're physically not feeling very vigorous. It's, it's uh, not so maybe you feel weak or whatever. But the suffering is not really from being physically weak or sickly, but in resentment, in suppression of feeling. And, uh, wanting to do something else, not wanting to do what you're doing, feeling irritated by somebody. Like, isn't it? If some, what if, what if today, four monks should come and do the dishes after the meal? And so say, these four monks should come. Mm-hmm. And so three come, but the fourth one doesn't come. And then the three monks think, that monk didn't come. Who does he think he is? I'm fed up. Here in this community, you're supposed to be mindful and be responsible for your, what you're doing, and, and we're trying to do the best and cooperate, and that blasted so-and-so didn't come to help do the dishes. And that's the miserable state, isn't it? To be indignant, angry, over the misbehavior <coughs> of someone else. So then you're, you're suffering while you're doing the dishes. Not because maybe the dishes, but because somebody didn't perform their duty or do what they should. And we, and we get very indignant, angry, resentful. But we can observe that, can't we? We take opportunity to observe what it's like to feel put on, or that somebody's taking advantage of it, or, or that somebody's not doing their share, somebody's not being fair. This is all part of life, isn't it? The human life is full of the human incident where you feel, you know, somebody's not pulling their weight in the community, somebody's taking advantage of it, of everyone else, somebody is is not being responsible, somebody's being insensitive. And we can, and maybe it's even true, you know, maybe you're not just being neurotic and silly, maybe you've got a case that, but you still can use it for non-suffering, by investigating it, recognizing it, for what it is. You're using life rather than just reacting to it and feeling angry and bitter when it doesn't quite, you know, when it's not, when it's not uh, what we want or the way it should be. <coughs> Community like this, it should be. Everybody should be completely responsible, cooperative, giving, compassionate, kind, moral. Everybody should be here. We're here. This is a pretty, pretty high-minded, uh, kind of evolved type of lifestyle, isn't it? It's not a crude course. Uh, each one for yourself, survival of the fittest, me first type of situation. It's it's the reflection. Of everything are are beautiful, giving, sacrifice, <coughs> selflessness, compassion. 
wisdom, the highest possible uh, ideals that a human being can ever think of, are very much related to this way of living. So, you know, it should stop about three months come and the fourth one does it because he doesn't feel like, maybe he just doesn't feel like coming. Maybe he had, he just didn't, today he just didn't feel like he wanted to do the dishes. So he said, Prabhu Subhita, I didn't come because I just didn't feel like today was a day that I could really put my whole heart into dishwashing. You have to put me on the, the cleanup. When I, you know, those days that I really feel that this is this is my this is what I'm meant to do today. That I really feel that washing the dishes is something that I I can really do wholeheartedly. But today I didn't I didn't exactly feel like doing it, and so I'm sorry about that. So, so that we can then I can be Venerable Supertone. You didn't feel But mostly the community is, you know, generally cooperative and helpful and eager to to support and work together. I mean, it's not selfishness really stands out like a sore thumb here, doesn't it? <coughs> really, somebody being selfish here really it really stands out it's, uh, because the, the general attitude and atmosphere is one of selflessness, of cooperation and giving, sharing things with each other. <clears throat> but still, there's going to be these frustrations and irritations in life. That's just a, that's just a part of our a human experience. So that's why see the dukkha and the end of dukkha. With uh, with the Paticca Sambhupada, to to really notice, the, like you can you can look at it in so many different ways. Once you get, that's why we chant it every morning. We have each Sambhupada. At first, it's just a perfunctory recitation, isn't it? Just rote memorizing, and it doesn't mean much. Just uh, we're just memorizing it, and it doesn't really. Understand, but you, once you get it fixed in your memory, once you have it there, it's easy to just take it bits of it and and and, and apply it to uh, the situation. Mm-hmm. Like, like you don't even like applying avicca and <coughs> sokaparitewa, the begin the the very beginning uh, or the, the first word in the chant and the last. Or you can you can take the sequence of Vedana Bhajaya Danha Dana Ubadana Pawa and what is what is rebirth a jati? 
as it's as it is, uh, say, in, uh, in here and now. What would what would be birth here and now? What would it be? What would jati be now? Your know, body's already been born, but what say something begins now? What is something that is has that has from becoming been born? And then you can contemplate the, the result of of becoming of uh, bhava and jati. Then then the body is going to get old get sick and die, and the mental state is going to have soka paritema tuka tomanasa. So that if you mentally, emotionally, if, you, if you're born in an emotional realm, because of your attachments, your desires, uh, and attachments to those desires, and you're caught in that emotional realm, you're born into the emotional realm, then the result of being born in an emotional realm is a sofa parite or tukatomanas and You're reflecting like that. If you're feeling those states, it's because of uh, being born in an emotional realm. Wanting something you don't have, not wanting what you have. Apaye, sampayoko, tukopaye, rupiyoko, tukopaye and not getting what you want. I think with the holy life, one thing is that people find is that it's not what they were expecting. Isn't it? When you, when you enter the holy life, you're expecting something. And then the insights you get are not what you expected. So you get, people get, you know, I, I became a monk, I became a nun in order to, you know, wanting to be this, this kind of like the marble Buddha, a kind of radiant, lovely creature, or permanently happy forever, more. And then you, then when you're a real insight, you may suddenly realize that that's not, that that's only a, a, a desire in your mind. You want to become something that is beautiful forever, rather than than the humility necessary, recognizing just the way things are in this realm of change and anicca. So there is always a disillusionment in the holy life. You go through kind of a great disillusionment because one one joins it with maybe high expectations of living in blissful states and in high realms of, of radiant qualities kind of permanently. And uh, that would be the, and that'd be nice if we could do that. And then the, and the actual re- religious experiences, insights in the Dhamma, are not what are not like that. We don't we don't get what we want. But the non-suffering, the realization of non-suffering, which is that we we realize the suffering of attachment to of dhamma ubadana power. That dhamma ubadana power it will take us to disappointment disillusionment, depression, despair, sokaparitevatukatomanatuhayasa. So that, that, this, uh, this, when you're contemplating that Vinyana, Nama Rupa, Salayatana, Pasavedana. This is this is uh, oh, this is the five khandas and the six ayatanas and the and the the, uh, the reflection on that that out of ignorance 
then, and, and the self-view, then one attaches to consciousness as a self, and the and then the uh, uh, nama rupa, the the rupa weighed in the sanya sankara, the vinyana, and then there's and there's nama rupa. And then there's rupa, and then the, the, the nama would be the the weighed in the sanya sankara, the the papancha sanya sankara, all the 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 mental formation that we that we uh, create around the rupas or the or the uh, or the aramanas, the pasta and the vedana, so that you're you're seeing that this is this is the way it is going to be. Consciousness is something that we that is uh, of the result of being born in the, in the human body. This is the experience of consciousness. Being conscious, meaning. What is consciousness then? This is this is this is, this lifetime is the experience of being conscious, and consciousness is a kind of knowing something, isn't it? Subject, object. So, so that consciousness is 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 not self. It's an experience, but not a person. We're experiencing consciousness, but it's not self. Subject and object is, is just the, is the experience of consciousness, but it's not a permanent uh, soul or self. And then consciousness is, is, is uh, because there's consciousness, then there's going to be perception and feeling and, and all of this. The result, the the, the the sense organs and the and the sense objects and all of that is just the experience of vinyana nama rupa kalayatana parsavedana. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Is it? It's just what it is. It's that it is. But if it's but if it's Distorted from with grasping and identifying with it through avicca and sankara, and that means the self-view, the, the me and mine. Then, then the experience of of vedin, of vinyana, namarupa, salayatana, prasavedina will result in dana, upadana, pawa, jati. Yaramarana Sokaparite or Tukatomanatu Prayasa. You can see that, that then when, when we talk about the five khandas, there's Rupang Anichang and so forth, and Rupang Anatta and all that. The five khandas is not self. We chant that every day, isn't it? Not self or Anicca. This, this will, we can see that, vain, that vinyana uh, is not self, vinyana is anicca, vinyana is anatta. And it's not to, that's not to believe it is, it's not a, 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 a position you take. Buddha said vinyana is not self and you, and you believe it, but it's a reflection. What is vinyana then? If it's not mine, what is it? You, you investigate it. If vinyana were mine, what would I, what would it, would, you know, if, if vinyana is really me, then, then what would it be like? If I'm really the, the subject and of, of, uh, of the, if I'm really the, the eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, the body, the, the brain, if that's really me, And what about a blind person? If they're, if they're, if they're their eyes, then their the eyes don't, then they're, what, they're missing out on something. Something in them is, if if they if they were really their eyes, they would no one no one would ever go blind. 
you'd have permanent eyeballs. Wouldn't have to wear bifocals at 55 like I do. If I were really my eyes. So you. <laughs> Is that the cat or somebody's coming? <laughs> Investigation, isn't it? It's it's dhamma dhamma vidya. That one is developing through reflection. But also, it's very important to see that no self is not a doctrine either. You're not believing that you don't exist or that there's no self because then you end up as an annihilationist. This is, a, this is the danger, probably most danger, of this way of teaching, isn't it? Because it's very easy to assume that we believe that there's no self. Where vinyana anatta is, is not a doctrine, but it's a reflection because it's impermanent and it's not self but there's no sape dhamma anatta all dhamma is not self is a reflection not a doctrinal position a reflection is you take it and you investigate it like with the now with the Muslims with the ayatollah He's one of the ayahs. I'm going to send medibles to Jesus to admonish him. There's no reflection in that, in that uh, kind of fanatic approach, is there? You, you just uh, condemn if it doesn't, if you think blaspheming, blaspheming the prophet. And, and, uh, you've got to believe that the prophet would never, ever have any kind of uh, temptations at all. That the prophet is. He's not divine, I don't think Mohammed is divine, but he's so pure, so sacred, that the idea of him being tempted at all is, is blasphemy. You know, is, is a belief, isn't it? That's what you... That, and, and then when that belief is, is blasphemed, somebody starts doubting, oh, I think maybe Mohammed really was tempted at times. Well, then, then one, then, then you yell, blasphemer, and kill, kill the blasphemers. But as a reflection, then you can see, you can see that in yourself. If somebody starts saying, you know, do you really attach to, to Buddhism? And then somebody says, it's a religion of the devil, and then you, then you feel, you feel like shouting blasphemer off with your head. You can understand it's a it's a reaction to attachment, isn't it? You're attached and you're to an ideal that is being upset by somebody else, and all you can do is just try to kill the person or or annihilate the, the source of this attack. <coughs> There's no reflection there, is it? You're not, you're not investigating, there's not Dhamma, Dhamma Vichya in that at all. It's just an emotional reaction. So it is ugly, it, it is, uh, it is uh, evil for, you know, terrible things. And out of, 
out of uh, trying to protect purity, we can we can do incredibly impure things. Filthy things, can't we? Just to protect purity. This is where, you know, what is purity? You know, what, what is real purity? And that's what, what my reflection on that is. It couldn't be the five khandhas, because they're, they're, they're impermanent in there. With their consciousness and, and uh, volition, perception, feeling, the body, these, they are pure, they are they're what they are. They they have qualities. They have. They can be good and bad. They can be beautiful and ugly. They can be. Uh, but they're not permanently beautiful or ugly. They're changing. So that an identif- identification with the five khanda it always is. It, it leads to the sense of impurity, of dukkha, in other words. For purity, then, is your natural state, transcendent, non-attachment, knowing. That, and purity can never be can never be made impure. You can never really be impure. In other words, there's no way you could ever be stained, or dirty, or corrupted at all. true nature because it's absolutely pure with ocean-like compassion but when there's a vicha then it all goes then then you think of yourself in, with these other with, with qualities as being somebody being something being a, your body I'm a, I'm a woman I'm a man I'm, I'm uh, English or I'm French I'm beautiful, or I'm ugly, or I'm young or old, or I'm white or black, or I'm, I'm, I don't feel like doing the dishes today. I don't, and I have to become something, and I have to get rid of that. I have bad habits, and I've done bad things in the past, and I've got to, and I'm going to pay for it, and I. And uh, the future holds, you know, who knows what's going to happen to me. All this is is the impurities of the mind, isn't it? One is caught up in this, the, the, these these changing qualities, and so then you then that's the abhicha, bhajaya, sokaparite, watukatomana, sukhayata. But when there is mindless wisdom, then you're in touch, you're, you're with the natural state of things, with the purity of being. And, and that's not the five conduct, and that's not attachment. And that's why Nibbana is the realization of non-attachment. That's very skillfully put, isn't it? It's not heaven, where you, where you go when you're good. Well, sometimes Nibbana is, is all, you know, described as you know, popular version of nirvana is nirvana. Is it where you where you go when you're good or you're happy and everything is lovely? But nirvana really means non-attachment, realization of non-attachment, which can mean everything can be pretty rotten right now, but you're not attached to it. So it's still nirvana, even in the midst of leprosy. AIDS, somebody not coming and doing the dishes.
realization of Nibbana, even when when you're the only monk that showed up to do the dishes and the three other three that promised that being totally irresponsible, selfish and stupid about it. And you can still realize Nibbana. Uh, this is a reflection of what pure what is in purity is taking purity as, as a reflection not as I'm pure and, and kind of attaching to some ideal of me my ultimate nature being pure that's not what I'm saying you should do but if, if there's purity then what 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 is it and, and, and investigate that I know, my, my insight was that when there's real mindfulness, then there's, 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 there's purity. Mindfulness, pratipanya, because there's no sense of self there, there's nothing, there's no attachment. When there's true, real mindfulness and wisdom. And so there's a realization of purity, rather than than thinking that, in believing that my ultimate nature is pure, which can be another form of of avicca bhajaya sankara, believing that you're holding on to the belief that I'm ultimately pure, is attachment to a belief. But the but the uh, investigation with with uh, sati and panya then allowed to realize purity rather than to hold on to a, a beautiful thought that my ultimate nature is pure. My true nature is pure. Well then remind you also of the way the Buddha taught in the there is suffering. He didn't say I suffer or you suffer, did he? he didn't say, people suffer and you suffer and I suffer and I want to get out of suffering but there is suffering there is the end of suffering so in, that's a reflective re- reflective teaching there is when it, when the eye gets put onto it I'm suffering then it becomes a vicha bhajaya sankara doesn't it why do I have to suffer I'm suffering how can I get out of this suffering? When there is the reflection, there is suffering. Right now, say, I'm feeling really upset by something. I'm really upset. And I, and I, and there's a beach, and I, I'm upset because you didn't come and do the dishes. And you dare to say you just didn't feel like it. We don't have, this is the community where we give. We don't just follow our feelings at the moment. We pitch in and, and help each other. We're responsible. I'm suffering because of you. If you weren't here, I wouldn't suffer maybe so much. So that's a vicha bhajaya sangha. Then there's, then if there's sakti and panya, then there's, there is suffering. Suddenly I'm getting, I'm feeling that, and I'm getting delude. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting carried away a bit. Lasted month didn't come and do the dishes when he promised, and he's not there. Then I reflect, there's suffering now in me. There's suffering. And then, then you can, then you can uh, use that suffering to to realize the end of suffering.